Welcome to the show, everybody. It's awesome to have you all here as guests. Oh, good to be here. For having us. Thank you. Absolutely. So what inspired y'all to start this podcast? Beer. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes and no on that. <laughs> it did start around a table at, uh, at a local bar, the Iron Horse. Father, it's a pub. Restaurant, yeah, and uh, and actually, it didn't start as a podcast uh, for about two years, was it? Before we went to the podcast, at least a year, but I think maybe more than that. About two. It was we were just doing live events uh, in town. We all at that point we all lived right around the same place, or we all served churches right around the same area, Uh, and so they were just these live events. We, you know, we. Well, you got to back it up because it really started with the three of us drinking at the same pub right and everybody thought it was hilarious that we liked satan's pony um <laughs> south street brewery in, in 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 charlottesville made a tremendous very uh malt forward uh, brown ale called satan's pony which was delicious and so we all ended up they thought it was a great uh, um joke the three priests are walking into a bar and having satan's pony um but we had we just meet after like work or something and and get talking and other people started joining us. We had different folks that maybe Nick met or Father Adam met, whoever just met on the street somewhere and and uh, they ended up joining us. And it was somewhere along that period that we started talking about maybe doing a, what's called a theology on tap event. And we we kind of kicked that around for a while, but we really didn't think it'd be successful. We thought maybe like 10 people would come. And then we had our first one finally, you know, kicked it off. And we ended up with 30 people at the first one. And then when COVID hit, we were at about 60 or so coming to every event. And we're doing it about once a month. But uh, our young adult member here, who is not a priest, but is uh, he's a good guy. His name's Nick Henrity. We call him Sweet Baby Nick. He wanted to do a podcast um, just as a a fun thing to do. And he thought we'd convert to that. Well, so just about the time of the pandemic, I think maybe the month before we switched. What's that, Father Adam? I said, what's a podcast? Yeah, he did. He did. Father Adam is our Orthodox member. Right. And the Orthodox never changed. (laughs) The Orthodox never changed. I'm I'm Pastor Lou. All VHS tapes and and audio cassettes for them. It has been since Jesus's day. Real to real. (laughs) I'm 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 Pastor Lou. I'm the Lutheran member, and then the the one that was correcting us all. That's Father Nick, who's the Episcopal member. That's why I needed to adopt the the sweet baby label because otherwise you get two Nicks and it's just people can't keep up. When I was in school, everybody was named Sarah. So. What was that? Yeah, we have some Sarahs in this extended oh, yeah. family. Two are married. Do, yeah. Here, so. Both the Nick's wives are named Sarah. <laughs> yeah, it's very confusing. <laughs> but anyway, they, you know, people started uh, really enjoying it. And we had folks, I remember one time doing a little inventory of who had come in, in, in discussion with others. We ended up figuring out there was about 16 different Christian, mostly faith expressions uh, with us. And one one gathering and and but the thing is too we had some folks that were um, agnostic or humanist that showed up at times. Uh, we even had a server one time at our first live event who came up to me afterwards. He he was a participant in in, in Wiccan and um, 
he he said, you know, that, wow, he, he said, you guys gave me something to think about because of the way we communicated our faith um, in a way that was, you know, just kind of, even as we disagreed on some things, we didn't, it wasn't an attack. It was kind of funny. And, and even, uh, as, even as Lou is saying that, Father Adam just whispered <laughs> into my ear and said, uh, well, there was only one true Christian expression and then a bunch of <laughs> And of and course, he meant the Episcopal, right? <laughs> of the, course, the, I did, yes. The Episcopal <laughs> Anglican. That's yeah, the, uh, that's that's something people may want to <laughs> understand a little better. We can't, we can't really attack each other because because Nick's a Christological pacifist, and here we're going to bring violence into the Christian life. There you go. Uh, again, into the conversation. That's that's a running joke in our uh, in our. Yeah, hey, I'm podcast. I'm always ready to fight somebody over pacifism. <laughs> <laughs> but. Father Adam, why don't you explain really briefly, try to be brief, why, oh, no. why you love the word ecumenical so much oh. and what it means to you. Well, among the four of us, now that there's three priests and sweet baby Nick, uh, Father Lou is the ecumaniac yeah. and uh, I'm the ecumene. Uh, and Father Nick is, is he, he ecumenes it. And uh, sweet baby Nick uh, says it's ecumessy. And... Um, this is sort of the, 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 the worldview that we bring to this podcast, other than beer. Now, let's be clear. Everything is predicated on beer. Uh, in, in the and, three, and Jesus. And Jesus. Yeah. Beer and Jesus in the three, in the, the, the three priests podcast. But um, not uncharacteristically of any Orthodox body or, or, or way of thinking. Uh, orthodoxy being the original, the OG expression of Christianity. <laughs> And that's historically true. Nobody can really deny that. Um, it, it, uh, that's just, that's easy. That's low-hanging fruit. Um, it, you know, we don't change. And everything else is a breakaway from the, the, the Orthodox. So <laughs> um, Orthodoxy understands that there is one church and everything else that is Christian, which is genuinely Christian, by the way, uh, is folks existing outside of the church uh, and 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 that's not something that they say triumphantly. I mean, I say it triumphantly on the podcast just to bust these guys' chops, but uh, it, it's not an understanding that uh, everybody else is damned. It's like, well, my goodness, at least they call on Christ, and uh, they're Christians outside of the fullness of the church, um, because there's orthodoxy within many different uh, Christian expressions. People, when they're doing it right, we can't say they're doing it wrong. It's only when they're doing it wrong is when they're not being orthodox in a way. So, I mean, that's, that's not saying that that we can intercommune or anything like that. That's that's not how it exists any longer. But when somebody's doing Christianity properly, that means they're doing it in an orthodox manner. Uh, and so we must uh, uh, acknowledge uh, what is true. And and uh, what we share uh, together is many things. Um, that doesn't mean that we can even technically, as from an orthodox perspective, really pray together uh, so much. But that doesn't mean that we think each other's damned. I mean, of course, I think they're damned because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just because of these guys, but... Uh, he doesn't like us, that's why. I'd see, that's why I'm the ecumene. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, that, that shapes his conversation, so we sometimes have to remind listeners, you know, that he's not trying to be um, mean about it. It reflects his understanding of what the church is. Uh, mine's more broad. That's why the, he calls me an ecumaniac, because I rec I think God can be moving in many different faiths in Christianity. I believe the Christian faith is the most clear understanding 
of the divine. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the thing is that we try to meet each other as we are. Uh, we're not so keen on trying to force the other person to agree with us. Um, maybe sometimes with Father Nick I do, but <laughs> just to give him, give him a hard time. But, you know, he's always wrong. So, um, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, it, I think that's what people appreciate. They can come with their questions too at the live events and ask whatever they want. And we, we will listen respectfully and try to ex express our answers each from our own place. Yeah. Father Nick went maybe some, sometimes, but we tried, you know, we do give each other a hard time, but uh, I think the friendship comes through. And at some level, there's respect. <laughs> so it works out. And we get a lot of interaction at the live events, which unfortunately, we've struggled to get back on track with those since the pandemic. But our Dude. podcast has a lot of listeners. Yeah, and we, we should say, I mean, there would be no podcast if it weren't for uh, Sweet, Sweet Baby Nick. Nick. I mean, uh, he is the one who, who came up to us and said, hey, this would make a great podcast. And he has done everything. I mean, he somehow he wrangles us together, and uh, I send them scripts beforehand, and <laughs> gets an episode out of it. But he even did he did the music for the intro to the podcast. He's the one who produces the podcast. T-shirts. He made the T-shirts. He's the anchor in our chaos. He does the heavy lifting. <laughs> uh, you guys provide the laughs, though. <laughs> and he has a voice for podcasting slash radio and yeah. a mom, <laughs> mom always said i had a face for radio garrison keeler <laughs> don't feel too bad for me i'm already married like i already got oh yeah congratulations on that by the way <laughs> on what not getting canceled no, I'm getting getting married. That's that's a good thing. Well, well, your your, your bachelorhood was canceled anyway. <laughs> it was willfully given up. Uh, Very man. chaotic. Yeah, yeah. That was just uh, that. That was we had a whole episode uh, right before that, and then right after that, you you can tell the difference in my voice. Like one was like insanely stressed, and the other one was like, "Oh, we're on the other side of this now," you know. The wedding planning part is over. That was a fun wedding too, by the way. Yeah, and and we all on the podcast that came out after that, we talk about Father Adam's grand entrance um, because he was late and you came down. Did I have maroon? Told him not to wear maroon on. Yeah, the maroon on. Maroon. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't wear my white, so we we were just past the Pascha season. <laughs> Thank goodness, but like, yeah, it was after uh, the bride came down the aisle. And he was being held back because he got and he got there late. So after the ceremony starts, he comes down in his full cassock and garb and everything down the aisle as just this absolute sight to see. So he got his own entrance. <clears throat> I waltzed in. Uh, let's let's just be clear about who was late. <laughs> well, okay, listen though. Record. Listen though, you're so his son <laughs> was my ring bearer. Father Nick's son. Probably, yeah, Father Nick's son. And showed up probably 10 minutes before the ceremony started. <laughs> With I'm, time to spare. What, what did he need to do to prep? I mean, <laughs> he's he he cute. Was, right, at that point, he was like, what? One and, not even one and a half. So, right. you know. All he had to do was be cute. That's, that's super early for Father Nick. He's usually late to anything we hold. Now, I have to tell you, 
the miracle that happened today. It's almost a Hanukkah miracle. We were exchanging words over our ongoing years-long uh, Facebook uh, Messenger thread. And I said, oh, just realized I need to run out and get beer if we're going to do this podcast. And Father Nick says, oh, I'm, I'm not going to have time to get beer. And I, he lives right around the corner from a, a sheets. And he's like, no, no, I'm at the church. And which I took, I took that to heart. And I said, Father, I'm on my way. And see, he's always late to our gatherings because he's getting coffee. He says it's traffic, but that really is, it's synonymous with coffee. It's the traffic in the Starbucks line. Um, and so I said, well, this time Father Nick's going to be on time and I'm going to be late, but I'm going to be late because of Father Nick. <laughs> <laughs> but now we have beer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Father Adam has said that uh, really it's, that it's not uh, some ecumenical effort that we're doing, but it's really just some, some blokes getting beer together. And at some level, that's true. Yeah. On the other side of the thing, I think it's wonderful that we get so many different people that come and do share their faith and I've responded well to what we've talked about, the different topics that we've kept covered over time, which we're what, in season three now? Is that yeah. what? Yeah, and, and, and people began to come to the gatherings because the same reason they would pull a chair up when we were getting together. Yeah. Uh, just the three of us to blow off steam and have some pints um, because it, ultimately we would inevitably start talking about talking shop and, uh, regardless of who's the ecumenia or ecumeniac or whatever we're all more or less doing the same work, work. among god's people um you know which is to be leaders in in the community um and and doing our best to do that is the best we know how and uh that that evidently was interesting to people and now i think they tune into the podcast for the same reason they would come to the live events basically the, to uh, watch us bust each other's chops um <laughs> <laughs> which is primarily also why we come and <laughs> why we do podcasts <laughs> to bust each other's chops. Yeah, and lately with after post-pandemic, um, as things are opening up, we also started visiting with different uh, breweries in the state, uh, gave them about 20 minutes, interviewed them to just kind of give them a chance to reintroduce themselves to the public, try to support local breweries, They've been very receptive and thankful for that opportunity. Um, I think that's kind of a nice thing for us to do for our neighbors. Um, not everyone understands the idea of a theology on tap, but we meet a lot of folks that wouldn't walk into a, a faith center otherwise, a church. And that's that's a, a benefit right there to, for people to see a lighter side of the church, to just meet people. We totally respect and understand that there's, you know, alcoholism is an issue and other things that are important um but um we we've just it's it's been organic it's been i would say spirit led to to just bring our friendship to the point where others are drawn in and um we have some really we have some farcical discussions but we have some important ones too and, and absolutely that's such a good point back in the day uh most people aren't aware of this but monks would help fund the monastery by brewing alcohol right. like uh, beers yeah. or wine and i actually had a friend who lived with nuns over the summer and they actually made wine there and they would share that for their evening meals so it's not exactly a 
newfangled thing, but it's more the church returning to its roots. And they also used to be a lot more connected to the community and you would directly interact with them and you could go to pubs and you would see the priest there or the monks there and you could just talk to them. You know, you could have questions and ask them there or you could just kind of have a fun conversation. It could really be very open. Of course, once, you know, as Pastor Lou said, you know, many of these people are folks who who might not ever darken the door of a church, you know, and then as soon as they meet us and they see us and interact with us, then they, they decide for sure they the won't. Yeah, that <laughs> seals the deal for them. <laughs> I can't believe Father Lou doesn't have a reply. <laughs> oh, I'm just trying to be polite for Sarah. So yeah. No, it's okay. The last place. Let her get a word in edgewise here. Yeah, the last place we met at was actually, speaking of, because of, uh, many of those uh, medieval monks would, would make mead instead of, uh, obviously, instead of beer. And the yeah. last place that we met at actually was a meadery in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Right. That was um, great. Yeah, it was really well, People have been really good good to us. I think sometimes, like when we met with the, the vice president, manager of um, Legend Brewing, he, he, he didn't know what to expect when he came in and... He said he had flashbacks to his Catholic schoolboy days and was fearing the worst. But by the end, he, he had a nice time and people got to learn about their their work and their their offerings. And and then we then we, you know, after about 20 minutes of that, then we go into whatever the topic is for the day. And that boy, we go all over the place with topics. <laughs> it's true. Sweet I page. feel like that's um, probably. Oh, sorry. You go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Sarah. <laughs> oh, no, I was just saying, I just think that's something I like a lot about the podcast is hearing about the similarities and differences between your faiths. It's you're all Christian. So there's that commonality of Christ divinity, but there's, you know, so much more that you learn, like learning about Lutheran or learning about Orthodox. Like I didn't really know anything about them until I started listening to the show. Like all I knew was... um greek orthodox from this greek orthodox church that i went to and they had really a uh, beautiful building with really elaborate artwork inside i went to a greek orthodox service not too long ago for the for the first time it was uh um i told father adam about it and he gave me his his uh signature <laughs> kind of thing to go, to go with it and uh i i, I, I didn't know going into it that it was actually going to be all greek to me um right. that the service was actually in greek and uh yeah what well, wasn't expecting that i was having a little trouble following along <laughs> well what's funny is you know sweet baby nick he's he's what's not funny is he's very smart don't let it go to your head but you are very smart <laughs> and, he, and he likes to learn from different cultures and religions and things and he has a lot to share but he's he tried to visit father adam's church several times and he kept going at the wrong time because Father Adam had special feast day times or whatever. And so he kept coming to an, an empty church. But uh, Father Adam, for clarity, is Orthodox Church in America. And there's uh, some people might know there's a rupture going on within the Orthodox world. Uh, we we talk, we've joked a little bit about Ukraine. It's not so funny anymore now that there's a war going on. But uh but that's why, um, you know, he's, he's uh, got some questions about the Greek Orthodox Church today. But I think when you talk, when we talk and we express our faith from different perspectives, I would say 
Father Nick, um, you know, is very bright. Uh, I know, I know. That's the highest compliment you've ever paid him. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm being, I'm being serious here for a minute. I mean, he knows, he knows his stuff, right? He can, he can quote out of the, you know, you know, Thomas Aquinas or whatever. Um, he, he specializes in a lot of that information. Father Adam, you know, would be wonderful with the patristic practices, the Orthodox world. And, and my specialty has been working with, um, particularly with chaplaincy and pastoral care issues. So hopefully, um, although I may be the academically the dumbest one among us, it's a way of just kind of like bringing it, you know, to, to the people in a way that they can understand it and apply it. So I think we all bring something to the table uh, when we when we do come to what we call the virtual kids table. So. Boo, don't be taking titles away from Adam. What did I take away from Adam? <laughs> fuzzy, fuzzy and mystical. No, no, oh. the dumbest guy at the oh, table. Dumbest right? guy at the table. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I'll cede that to Father Adam. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, but it it's um uh, it it is it is interesting because we we do speak from our own perspective, so it's hard to make sure that the listeners understand that we're speaking for ourselves and not all three of us. What is interesting uh, to point out is that all of the not my not me, but all of the all of the priests all come from a Roman Catholic background, um, so they have that that commonality um, together, so they can see how how their thought processes, you know, differed from that particular background and then how they ended up where they were. So that's, that's actually something that's really interesting that we talked about on our very first episode. Um, so we actually have yet to have a Catholic priest on, on the show. Got to well, find the right mix for that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let the right one in. <laughs> or be seriously. What worried. is he a vampire? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Got to find one that would understand us. Or just have a sense of humor. Or sense of humor. Yeah, because we're we we don't we we debate in a sense, but we're we're not really trying to win the day when we talk. And if you if we had someone that came in that's trying to win a conversation, it would really kind of change the whole tone to the events and our gathering. You know, it's someone that would be a, a, a natural friend to us would be more than welcome. You know, no matter what you know they were you know whatever the details of their theology are. We've toyed with the idea, and not necessarily poo-pooed it, but just haven't ever brought it to fruition yet. There's a, a three brothers. Uh, one is an Orthodox priest, one is an Eastern Rite Catholic priest, and one is an Episcopal priest. And there are three, you know, full brothers. And uh, we, we kind of thought that would be a very amusing kind of uh, group of three fellows to have a, as guests on our podcast. Um, haven't done that yet, but... I imagine uh, that might be full of mirth and stuff. I don't know. I don't know any of them, but I think uh, there's got to be like humor automatically must flow from that dynamic. At least I hope so. Yeah, Sarah, you'd ask this uh, in writing back and forth about like what our favorite show is. I'd love for the guys to say what what their favorite episode was. That might reveal some things to the listeners, too. Oh, man, that's so hard, Father. Let me see. There was one. Uh, let me go through our catalog real quick. Um, I, I remember one of my favorite moments. There's been a few moments in the last few times we've recorded that's just been 
a couple of times someone's just been dying in the back because somebody said something stupid um, uh like the go ye into the new world was a good one but i'll tell you i remember when we were recording it was it was just our second episode i think it was we were recording at saint andrews and i had to saint andrews is father adam's church um i had to get going for my shift at a retail store uh, that i was working at at the time and nick was bound and determined <laughs> to make to correct a wrong scripture reference <laughs> that he had made somewhere in the middle of the show he wanted to come in and like correct it and have me edit it in and instead it became a blooper reel because you can hear father adam just wheezing in the background because nick and lou are going at each other's throats saying you shouldn't do this you should it's all that <laughs> lou is like you're, it's against you're, my ethics you're violating my ethics yeah <laughs> and father adams they're going at it and father adams just in the back uh just, just, oh, there's, that just was like, there's, there's a meme that goes around every now and again for anybody who's familiar with meme culture of um these these two i don't know it's these two girls like just like absolutely clawing at each other in the middle of like some some patch of mud and some dude in the background ripping a bong watching them and people mean that all the time and i mean these two uh as that at one point because that's what it was kind of like these these two fighting and then father adam in the back um is laughing that was one of my favorite moments during the pot he likes what to, you need to know is that, that pastor lou was uh was in a former life was was a police officer um <laughs> Some some even know know him as Officer Sexy, Sexy Legs. legs. Yeah. <laughs> and um, anyway, I'll let him explain that if he wants. But but I always kind of feel like I'm getting a ticket. Like <laughs> Pastor Lou talks to me, I always feel like he's he's about to say license and registration. Yeah. He's about to write me up for uh, for for speeding in the theological zone. Or something. <laughs> Yeah, Nick tends to, Father Nick likes to use some of the headier ones, and and that's not my favorite things. I'll tell you, I enjoyed the alien show we did. I enjoyed the spooks and ghouly gossip, whatever it was called, uh, on, on Halloween stuff. That was pretty fun. Um, so some of the offbeat stuff can be a lot of fun. I, I think we did have a live recording of a of an event we had where we talked about death and dying. I thought that was a very helpful one to a lot of folks um, talking about grief, talking about death, had a, a hospice chaplain who spoke with us. Um, and so we, we don't usually have guests, but um, here and there we might have someone particularly at a live event that um, ends up being like a guest because they have that skill set and experience to share. I think probably one of my favorites was when we were talking about we were at six bears and a goat or six whatever the brewery yeah yeah Stafford or Fredericksburg and uh, Stafford yeah I was going to say orthodoxy in the new world uh, you know how each of our uh, specific uh, denominations or orthodoxy Oops, not being it. a denomination <laughs> but uh, how their denominations and orthodoxy came to the new world and uh, there was just a whole lot of laughter that one uh it was and and also you know i think that was another time when me and father lou couldn't couldn't keep our composure but <laughs> i tried i tried making some very short explanation of how uh anglicanism and the episcopal church got established in in uh and the you know what would become the united states and uh 
And I could not get a sentence in without these two, without Father Adam and Pastor Luke, just like, I don't, I don't know, falling over each other laughing. <laughs> really, it had only had like two beers at that point, so it wasn't that. <laughs> it's just too easy. <laughs> Again, low-hanging fruit. Wonderful. Where were we? So I think we were talking about um, favorite, favorite episodes and favorite brews, if I remember correctly. Favorite brews. Ooh, that's right awesome. now. I've been indulging in pumpkin ales. because uh, oh, it's nice. Because like you're not. You're like I don't want to be basic and be into pumpkin spice. I gotta. I gotta get on that pumpkin. No, I'm train. into pumpkin spice too. <laughs> <laughs> I drink it all. He um, actually loves to drink uh, very hoppy, hop forward um, IPAs. Absolutely not. That's a lie from the devil himself. It's not true. He likes apple teenies. That's his favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, in honor of Sweet Baby Nick, me and Father Nick are drinking Pocahoptus, uh, which is um, a, a very, very drinkable um, IPA made in Ashland here at the, the center of the universe brewery. <laughs> I, I just i just have a miller genuine draft today <laughs> but that's a good one but uh i usually i'm usually the ipa guy for sure but one of my absolute favorites is an abbey ale it's chimay oh yeah belgian yeah I, I love the chimay blue um that's my favorite that's, one. yeah that's that's a that's a rare treat but i enjoy it when i have it yeah we don't have enough kidneys to sell to bring chimay home that often yeah i i think i like ipas because they're 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 bold and an acquired taste like me. <laughs> I will say I'm probably I, I go more for I'm going for pumpkin ales now because it's like fall time. But like for me, I I gear more towards like the sour side. I two extremes. I like sours, um, and I like uh, a strong stout reporter, like a a Russian imperial, um, which is I have to nurse over like a span of three hours. That's why Father Adam thinks you maintain my composure. Orthodox. That's why Father Adam thinks you're going to become Orthodox. <laughs> because Anglicanism is a gateway drug to Orthodoxy, or so. the other way around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's the other way around. It, oh, you know, okay, so uh, funny you should mention that. The uh, uh, what is it? Have Father Nick? Have you ever heard of Neshota House? Oh yeah, of course, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so you're familiar with it. A lot of you guys. We just had the. Uh, the dean um, of the whole school and the dean of admissions, we just had a lunch with him at, um, at our church. And he was saying one of the graduates from Neshota House is now currently the uh, the head rector of like an Orthodox seminary. So like they weren't able to keep him Anglican, I guess. Wow. Father John Parker, he used to be in South Carolina in my diocese now for the last three years. He's been the dean of St. Deacon Seminary where I'm Yeah, with yeah. <laughs> Just thought that was really funny. He was an Episcopal priest, and then he uh, he found his way to the fullness of of, of uh, ordaining. So, so, Father Nick, do you want to share about your your favorite flavor, fullness of flavor? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, let me just say, so he obviously went from theological orthodoxy to just the name orthodoxy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so so what I mean, what I what I tend to drink around this time. I mean, there's there's a local brewery uh, called uh, Ardent in Richmond, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I, I like just about everything they put out. And and around this time of year, they've got a, a sweet potato and sage. Is it? Oh, yeah, 
is it pronounced saison saison anyway however you pronounce it Uh, and it's it is so delicious i would be very interested it's so good yeah they they stock it down at the caboose Ah. and uh i I look forward to it all year long sweet potato and sage I'm, i'm i'm getting some my absolute favorite beer that I can hardly ever find anymore because the Iron Horse likes to give me my favorite beers and then never sell them again because they hate me. And uh, it, it's called Golden Drac. And it's a Belgian beer. Um, it's, it's, it's pricier, but it is the very best beer that has ever passed my lips. Uh, it, it, it's <laughs> That's saying a lot, probably. <laughs> a lot of that has passed my lips. <laughs> And it, it's a very malt-forward uh, Belgian, um, was it a triple? I can't remember. But uh, it, it's it's a bold-flavored, but it is, it's absolutely the very best beer I've ever Father Father Adam, he you know, as Orthodox can do, he spiritualizes everything, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so when when we gather for our live events, they're usually about two and a half, three hours when all said and done with meal and everything. And and he'll always order at one time, he'll order his trinity of beers. <laughs> what is better, a shamrock that explains the trinity? Or three beers? Or one beer and three glasses. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that is a, is a perfect example of the Trinity. Hypostasis <laughs> in in Wanusia. <laughs> oh, we should we should work on that. Each is the full essence of its own be- of the beer. Right. And, uh... <laughs> is, is is distinct from the other. <laughs> and, and Father Adam does a little pericoretic dance every, every time he has his three beers. So. I do want to just make sure that like anybody who listens to this podcast understand like our lives are more than beer. Oh We're yeah, about it a lot here. Sweet baby Nick. <laughs> yeah, it. I mean, that's the you know the when I worked in South Dakota, I worked with kids from Native American reservations, and um, you know when I was out there, I wouldn't drink when I was out there because they would have just assumed I was getting drunk. So I, I'm totally sensitive to the 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 issues related to alcoholism. I have a lot of friends that are in recovery. Um, my my family has history of alcoholism, so I'm very careful about how I I interact with alcohol. But you know the thing is, it's as much as beer is kind of like what in some ways brought us together. It's really the friendship because anyone could go anywhere and drink, but people like the laughter people like the theological questions that get floated and they like the interaction i mean that's that's what gets it together that's why you know we were sh- shocked that 30 people showed up the first time and even more surprised when we had like 60 to 65 coming every time maybe the first people showed up because they thought the church was going to pay the tab maybe but we you know we have folks that um once in a while will comment to us through instagram or some other way and, and say, oh, well, you know, I've learned so much from your podcast and, and I've, we've had seminarians that have said that they've learned some more things and sometimes in classes, which is a big compliment. Um, we don't know how. <laughs> we don't know. We do not know how. These are um, all really just Father Adam creating ghost accounts. <laughs> oh, that would make sense. <laughs> that would make sense. But I am, I'd like to think I'd like to think we're helping somebody. <laughs> Well, I think that we've certainly helped those two listeners in Sweden. I don't yeah. know Swedish, but I would love to know how they have benefited from listening to 
three priests walking in a bar. They're among the 17 listeners that we have. Yeah. <laughs> I want to check. I'm going to pull up our statistics real quick and just see. <laughs> well, For me, it's different. I'm like, it's like the, the oh my gosh, the stereotypical saying I'm big in Japan. Except yeah. it really oh, yeah. is, though. Like, ever since I did an episode on uh, Tanikio with my friend, uh, the Reverend Yuge, I maintained, um, like, I think it was, like, either 10 to 20% audience wow. in Japan. Wow. But it never wavered. Like, they kept coming back and listening to my podcast. Like, it's not like, oh, it just spiked after I did this episode. Like, no, they, they consistently kept listening. And I am very curious as to... So what they think an and what compels them to keep Japanese. listening after that like there is a japanese orthodox church too yeah that's true and then for me um i've studied japanese before and there was a minority uh catholic yes. population in japan yeah. and then uh tenikyo has more uh similarities to them since both are monotheistic but yeah i also uh worked as an intern at tenri cultural institute which uh reverend yuge is uh, the director of so yeah that Tanikio yeah. episode was really a good one uh, that was one of the first ones I heard and I really enjoyed it um, and learned a lot from it but I think it your podcast serves a similar you know purpose in the way that we expose people to different ideas but it's in a very conversational way I mean very respectful and com well we're not always respectful we're <laughs> conversational way <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, not to play favorites, but that actually is my favorite episode. Like, it was Which the one? one where it felt the most natural, just the way it flowed and the way we talked to each other. On your yeah. episode or one of ours? Oh, no, I was saying, like, for me, that oh, interview yeah. is probably my favorite. This is also going to be another favorite, just because y'all are really funny, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're more stream of consciousness. <laughs> Sorry, this hasn't been very conversational. I don't know if, if you, I don't know if you've learned anything besides like a couple of us like to drink on occasion. But no, uh, I've learned stuff. Besides, oh, I forgot to share my favorite episode. My favorite episode of your show was the one where you were talking about different angels and oh, yeah. demons in the Bible, yeah. and how um, a lot of like the descriptions of what angels look like are really kind of psychedelic and stuff and it inspired a whole movement of artists to try to recreate the angels based on the artwork but could you uh would any of you like to tell us a little bit about your own thoughts on angels and demons in your faith this is a chance for me to talk about pseudo dionysius the areopagite <laughs> take a shot take a shot which is really just oh my gosh the areopagite <laughs> um that's the hierarchies. Man, I don't even, why don't I even remember that episode? How long ago? <laughs> it was probably just all me and Nick. <laughs> oh, was this in, was this What the Halo? Was that that one? Oh, no. Man. That was about saints. Yeah. <clears throat> Eucharist, creeds, something about Mary, favorite Bible verse, everybody's heard the word. Angels and demons. Oh, there it is. Around the feast in one, episode 16. Angels. That was like two years ago. Yeah, I'm going to go back and listen to that. I don't even remember what we talked about. Maybe um, angels and demons. <laughs> well, I'd, it is funny to uh, to see the art that has come out of that. And the, honestly, the memes that have sprung out of just those. Everything, when you talk about like, you could fill in just biblically accurate blank. And it's just whatever that thing is covered with a bunch of eyes. 
Did, did uh, you ever see that one with the cat that had uh, googly yeah. eyes? Yeah, it was the accurate cat. It was just eyes glued to the cat. We used to have googly eyes. Yeah, and that's that's something that uh, we we use a lot of memes and things in the Facebook and Instagram posts that continue the conversations. And Father Nick's not a big meme guy, but uh, Fa Father Adam's a living meme when COVID started. Oh yeah, his uh, was it your daughter that lent you her phone? No, she just told me how to go log in and do. I didn't know how to do a whatever Facebook Live. I'd never done that before. Right. <laughs> and so he, he ended up with a, a lens that gave him googly eyes. And so he I looked like a killer. Right, I'm, 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 right as I'm doing, I'm out preaching the hobble and I get anywhere close to the camera, my eyes would get the big cartoon googlies. And they they weren't just stationary. The eyes would go like googly, googly, like, oh. So basically like your eyes. Basically like my eyes do, yeah. but you can't always see it that close. And uh, it, I had no idea. And I looked at the Facebook feed afterward to make sure it had done whatever it was supposed to do. I didn't know anything. I still really don't. And um, uh, a friend had said, oh, Father, it was great to see you. It's been a while. But my friend was up at PA. He's like, it's been a while. It's great tuning into your liturgy. Hey, you might want to check your filters. <laughs> and I was like, what's a filter? <laughs> And evidently, uh, I didn't turn off the filters. I, I had no idea that this was a thing. But as I got close to the camera, like within, I don't know, three or four feet, uh, I would get googly eyes. And it was, it was a, as I recall, and I listened to the homily later, I was like, that wasn't even a bad homily, but it was <laughs> totally discredited by, <laughs> by the googly eyes, which within six days, it was on uh, every continent. And I, I had to go on Google and look up different uh, scripts to see what exact language people were commenting on it on. I was like, that was my my six days of fame. I'll never have any any greater fame than Father Googly Eyes. He did, man. He went viral. And I even remember there was a like Christianity Today, one of the big Christian magazines, wrote an article and he was like the cover of it about like pastors <laughs> making gaffes during live streams. Yeah. It was great. There was some other lady named Simcha Fisher who I've never heard of, but evidently she's a, a widely read Catholic uh, um columnist or something never heard of her but she appears in a lot of jesuit magazines obviously well, i've never heard of her but um she, she made mention of that too and I, I it was kind of it was actually a cute article uh but i was like i, I didn't know anything about her but some of my catholic friends in the know are like oh no that's you got picked up by simha fisher you're the you're you, you made it man <laughs> i mean again it was forgotten about quickly <laughs> maybe thankfully but that's that was an, when you mentioned the angels and demons uh episode i mean we did a lot of related memes and shared a lot of jokes related to that and conversation can kind of continue you know that way on facebook um we, we have about a thousand folks that follow us either on to get total that follow us on instagram or facebook our facebook group people can just look up three priests walking a bar and they probably can find it you know, and so uh, the reason why we mentioned pseudo Dionysius or just Dionysius, the Dionysius. Areop the guy, that was somebody that I cited multiple times, and in, in infamously the so. 
Uh, I, I think I did too. Yeah, well, right. I just I said the whole name out every time, <laughs> and so these guys made a, a game of taking uh, taking a sip of their. I, I, I recognized it was kind of like uh, people watching Dr. Seuss and drinking every time they hear Whoville or Cindy Lou or something, and and he kept he kept saying it, and he wouldn't just say the the shorthand version of the name. He had to say the entire name. So that's a, a whole thing every time. Well, if he was saying it properly, it would be Sevdo. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway and the reason why i mention him is because really uh angelology in both the eastern churches and and the western churches really uh is, is based a lot on uh, a work that he did that father adams already mentioned which is the celestial hierarchy it's a uh text from fourth fifth century uh anyway right around there uh, and uh, and it's um, it, it you know it's influenced basically everybody after that uh, in terms of of how they've written about uh, angels and one of the points that uh, that it makes um, and this it's not go back to pseudo Dionysius the Areopagite it precedes him <laughs> but uh, one of the points is is that in, in fact there there is no uh, way that angels look. Uh, in, in at least in this tradition, I mean, there are some people who believe in corporeal, material angels, but but in the tradition, By definition, the, they're bodiless. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the tradition that that the, the kind of more ancient and and persistent tradition in Christianity is that angels uh, are immaterial, incorporeal uh, creatures of God. They're they are spiritual creatures, and so uh, they don't have a natural way that they look uh, it's more of a function and 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 their function can change uh uh you know you an archangel can also be doing something else uh a dominion a throne a principality uh cherubim servum this could be their designation uh but they also you know that's because of how they function in that particular well it's hard to even say moment because they're also timeless but what they are being at any given expression of the Lord's need to communicate his will uh, is what what what, uh, what they're fulfilling at the time, which is really, we, it's hard for us to think so abstract uh, because we are linear. Um, and, and so we understand that there's, you know, these hierarchies of, of uh, celestial beings, these creative beings that are eternal. Yet, yet created um, right right not eternal the way god's eternal right not like the most high god but then again we use the term like gods uh and, and we refer to other gods and they are fallen angelic beings who accepted worship and were therefore called gods but the, these are nothing other than created beings who who but <clears throat> this is an example of when we were doing zoom interviews when we couldn't get together uh and record in person <laughs> Sometimes we'd get off track and <laughs> sweet baby Nick just sent a, a wonderful meme kind of reflecting the seriousness of their discussion they just had of a biblically accurate sandwich. It's got a picture of like a bologna sandwich on it. <laughs> I mean, talk about getting off track, but, you know, the, these the, these are all serious things. But, um, you know, for, for, for my part, I think I explained on the episode is that you know, but angels are not critical to my faith. Um, 
I believe that angels exist, but that it's not a, uh, it's not a critical part of our faith. Um, it doesn't threaten me that they exist as much as uh, some people get threatened with the idea that there might be aliens in the, in the universe. But um, if God has love to create more than what I'm aware of, that's certainly not a threat to me that I, I feel that God's love is more than big enough to handle that. And I just feel lucky that, that God loves me at all. So, um, as, you know, you should. <laughs> as I should, and, 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 and it doesn't, it's not a threat to me to talk about such things, but at the same time, as I think, uh, um, Melanchthon and Luther would often talk about, you know, there's a lot of mysteries we just can't know, and it might be fun to talk about it, but it can be a big waste of time too. So mostly listening to father Nick and father was a waste of time, but <laughs> We would both mostly agree. <laughs> we mostly agree with that too. Yeah, that's right. You know, this is actually, I think, an important point though. I and mean, one of the reasons why we can have, I think, these good-natured conversations is because we recognize that some of the stuff we talk about is what what Luther would call adiaphora. Uh, these are these are matters uh, of you know that don't your salvation doesn't depend on them. You 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 can you can disagree. One of you might be right. Look, for example like I am and, and Father Adam is in this case. Uh, and, and another might be wrong, but it doesn't matter. I mean, like you Father know, Luke? That's right. Because <laughs> I'm always wrong. It doesn't depend on having the right answer on these questions. And, right. and in some cases, like Lou pointed out, uh, there, there are issues where, uh, you know, in some sense, we can only speculate and draw inferences. Uh, we, we see in a mirror darkly. We don't we don't yet see clearly. And or we look at tradition, which comes from the fathers, and we can see very clearly. <laughs> <laughs> fathers like Dionysius or the Areopagite. Or Dionysius, the Areopagite, because it wasn't Septa Dionysius. It was the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, sweet baby, Nick, you haven't exposed what you're drinking yet. That's because I'm not right now. My stomach's too empty. Um, but... <laughs> You had the perfect cozy to drink a beer out of. You showed us earlier. I did. I don't know. It's it's sitting out there somewhere. I had to <laughs> I had to get home early from. I, I had like a co working day, and like the exterminator was here, and like the, all kinds of crap like that. But I have been drinking a lot of pumpkin ales. Um, I will say I've uh, I'm quite fond of the ale works. Uh, I'm gonna ask you what's your favorite. Uh, yeah, Aleworks has been one of my favorites. The the one from Aldi, honestly, that the the cheap brand from Aldi isn't too bad. It's a little on the sweet side, um, but uh, yes, yeah, the Aleworks pumpkin ale has has been a a staple around here. I'm a pumpkin ale snob, and every once in a while, one will surprise me and be beautiful. Don't don't be hard on yourself. You're a snob in general. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, is there any specific direction that you'd like to like to kind of take us? Because I feel like any there's questions. <laughs> we can just keep going. Along about a lot of things. I mean, I like uh, hearing you talk, and I try to have the show feel as natural as possible and not feel too forced or like an interview. And you're welcome to bring up any topics you'd like to discuss. I mean, at some point, I would like to talk a little bit about how your different faiths use prayer and if there's any prayers you want to share on the show while you're here but other than that uh, I, I think we covered a lot of the stuff I wanted to talk about and 
you know, we're pretty open here. So just feel free to bring up something if you have something you want to say or a topic you want to discuss. My, uh, my tradition wrote the book on prayer. Yeah. Except, however, you know, and, and that's true. They did uh, Cromwell or Cromwell. Wasn't it Cromwell? No, 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 Cranmer. Cranmer, sorry. Yeah. Two different guys. Yeah, both Thomases. Both so. Thomases. They, yeah. they always get me screwed up in my head. But uh, it is called the Book of Common Prayer. However, these are the ancient prayers of the church, and they come from the Orthodox tradition. <laughs> you know, the, the Anglican tradition be, precedes Henry VIII. That's true. And the Anglican tradition was an Orthodox Anglican tradition. It was, it was in communion with the rest of the church. And these are prayers that call on the ancient prayers that the church has always... Uh, put forward as useful and beneficial for 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 uh, faithful people, and also the Lutheran uh, book of prayer too. It, it's it definitely uh, all three of them have have met. If you read all three of them together, the uh, the book of common prayer, the uh, Orthodox uh, uh, Trebnik, the book of needs. Um, you look the, if you go page for page with each of them, like oh wait a minute, you, you three have met, haven't you? Because even Lutheranism in its efforts to uh, to sort of distill the best parts of Catholicism leaving behind the excesses that, that Luther saw at the time, uh, what have you, uh, appealed to an ancient uh, fixture of, of, of prayers set forth by the, the, the church in general. Um, and so there is a, a tradition of prayer. I don't know how, to what extent each of uh, Father Nick and Father Lou's uh, traditions have kept up the tradition of prayer. That's not a an accusation is just a true statement if I don't know. Um, you know, when, when y'all were, when the uh, Orthodox Church in America was translating your liturgy into English so that it wouldn't be all in a language not spoken by the people. We have the Anglicans to thank for that. Right. <laughs> we're translating all of the prayer books um, from from Slavonic or Greek into into. English and into an English that was a beautiful English, the kind yeah. of English that was still liturgical. Um, one there, there's, there's the interaction, as we noted in other episodes that we've had, of uh, you know uh, Lutheranism with Anglicanism, uh, what became the Church of England, the uh, 39 Articles theologically, but also there was a lot of interaction back in the Reformation period, and it definitely shaped. There was an infusion of different thoughts back and forth. And that's why you you hear a connection and and the fact that uh, Lutherans have tried not to lose, as Father Adam alluded to, the the, the heart of, of things. Um, you certainly can find in the Lutheran worship books um, from the varied flavors of Lutheranism that exist, um, essence of the mass and 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 even some of the wording of the you know the sections or whatever is going to reflect what came before. So it's not in isolation. It wasn't like we just started from scratch. All of us have some of the shared faith tradition mixed in. Well, and some of us have just the faith tradition. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I, I don't know. This might not be allowed, but um, Sarah, you mentioned that, that you were raised uh, Roman Catholic. Are you still practicing Catholic? Um. I mean, it's sort of like a tricky question. Like, I, I don't know how to say this because I'm like Baha'i, but I'm also Catholic. Like, I feel like I'm both at the same time because I was raised Catholic and I always right. have a connection. 
to that part of me, but I converted to Baha'i a couple mm. years ago. And Baha'i believes in unity in all faiths and that they're all connected right. and they build on each other. So learning more about any faith and experiencing any faith will automatically kind of strengthen my own faith so if i say i'm catholic i would say yes i am but then if i say i'm baha'i i would also say yes i know it sort of sounds like a bit of a a contradiction uh, in a way but I, I I think, that's how i would most accurately describe myself yeah i think in my own experience you know there's times when i'll read uh, martin luther and the theology there and i and i really do believe that sometimes that i see it differently than some of my lutheran siblings because of the way that that catholic tradition is still part of me whether you want to say catholic with a small c meaning universal you know the faith that interacts with the orthodox as well but the but the thing is that at, at some point that's none of us we've said elsewhere we're not anti-catholic as some might expect we we feel that we were called into this direction we were exposed to these different um understandings and 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 we felt spirit led and and somehow or other this I would like to think as as frivolous as our our gatherings can be, um, what we've sometimes called jackassery, the theological term. Um, it, the the there's still a lot of amazing things that can happen there, and the way we interact with each other and others, and I think the spirits involved in that somehow. So I find it very interesting that we can gather and and share about these very diverse, sometimes very diverse worldviews, but at the same time we meet um, and, and can agree on things. I mean, there's times that Father Adam, um, against his better judgment, has recognized that Lutheranism can be quite more orthodox than he ever imagined. Well, you know, Missouri Synod Lutheranism. Ah, oh, get out of here. You, <laughs> that's not what he said before. But, but he'd, he'd say, you know, you know, uh, you know, he'd hear me talk about something. He says, oh, Father Lou, that's because he calls me Father Lou out of being obstinate. He, I'm Pastor Lou. I go by Pastor Lou. But it's a Father Lou, that's quite orthodox, you know, and sometimes I'll turn to him and say, Father Adam, that's quite Lutheran. You know, there's there's a lot of more overlap than some people suspect. I still think you should call him Pastor Adam <laughs> from now on. <laughs> I've done that for a while. Yeah, I probably should get back to that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so what else, uh, while you have us, what else uh, do you think we should touch base on? I know you're going to um, edit it as you see fit, but what else would you like us to touch base on? I will say I'll probably have to jump off here in a little bit. Uh, so we may want to... That's what I was thinking. That's why I like, let's uh, figure out what. To... Um, I mean, I feel like that covers everything. Like, unless you had any uh, prayers you wanted to share or anything else you wanted to talk about. I think I, I talked about uh, all the topics I wanted to cover and you answered all the questions that I had for you. So I'm I'm good to go. Was the 13th century or something on bees last time they really got uh it wasn't it didn't go over big on our last episode at the meter but um I'd ever heard. it was the worst prayer ever and i i reminded them all that it's a, it was an orthodox prayer it was because it was before, from <laughs> before the church split east and west um, was earlier than the 12th century um but anyway the uh there's I was uh, I was lucky enough to spend some time in France. I could share a very, very short prayer from Brother Roger to say if uh, I, I just think he helped shape my faith a lot um, in the way 
that he looks as the church and, and you can cover your ears, Father Adam, it takes the, ch the church into one. Um, uh, and uh, even as we have our differences and anyway, um, it, it's very short, but maybe with your focus on prayer, it would be something that that would resonate with some listeners, but it, it goes like this. You love us, O God, and however poor our prayer is, we seek you with trust. Your love makes our hesitation and even our doubts disappear. And, uh, and I, I think that kind of thinking is, uh, is really what I try to approach as I approach prayers. It's not about how perfect it is. It's not about all the words I use. The spirit helps even when I don't under, you know, have, don't have the words, but uh, it's a seeking and it's a listening too. It's not just talking. And um, I don't know, it's just something that resonates with me and hopefully it might've um, resonated with someone else that's listening. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. I feel affirmed now because I'm not going to get any from them. So <laughs> that's really true. Yeah. No affirmations from these guys. Yeah. It was serious for a minute, which is not like us. <laughs> we, 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 we have uh, an episode uh, on prayer. We do. Uh, yeah. It, uh, I, I remember it was, it, it, we did it in a, I think it was a January and I, I had uh, I'd come back with a, um, an icon of uh saint augustine of hippo to uh that i had gotten at the saint odious uh shrine, shrine which is saint an orthodox <laughs> uh, shrine in in saint uh um saint augustine florida and, yep. <laughs> um and had given it to father adam because he always has nasty things to say about my my boy saint augustine of hippo um and i think he put it up in his uh his church's uh bathroom but anyway <laughs> One of the things that I that I had said at that time, and and uh, and actually, I think Father or Pastor Lou had disagreed with me, but but I'll say it again anyway. Is um, uh, one of my professors in seminary um, has uh, done some, you know, she's written about prayer and 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 uh, kind of jumping off of what she said, she she has said these things. She did. She. I'm just she, saying she yeah. has. Right. <laughs> one of the things that we do is is a, is a podcast is avoid topics that uh that would be uh we, we would have intractable differences for example the question of women's ordination but we'll just as we avoid that in our podcast we'll avoid it here anyway my seminary professor uh had, had said that um that uh that prayer is is really we we think of it as, as a human thing human reaching out to god but prayer is is a thing that that God it begins with God it it it's something that God does uh, in in a sense uh, and that we participate in and so our our own feeble uh, cries and and desires and uh, and the things we articulate get taken up by God uh, by the Spirit who who um, who intercedes with us with with sighs too deep for words as Saint Paul says. Uh, and and really transforms our uh, you know our cries and our despair, but also our joys and our thanksgivings, uh, and, and uh, transfigures and I might even say transubstantiates those <laughs> into um, in, into uh, his own uh, God's own um, kind of uh, uh, expression, uh, which is uh, just is the word and and the word brought 
to us uh, by the Spirit, and so uh, the Word who is Jesus Christ Himself. And so, so to pray is is to participate in uh, in God's own work, and uh, and that's how I approach, for example, the the Book of Common Prayer, which is the the primary text apart from the Bible, or in addition to the Bible, and. Uh, the Episcopal Church and the Anglican tradition. Is, That's the biggest BCP I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, this is this is a prayer book slash hymnal. Oh, so okay. yeah, uh, yeah. I don't I don't know if I would have disagreed with you. I'd have to listen to the, the recording <laughs> again. Um, you disagreed just, with me back then. So. Yeah, I, I, in in essence, it probably was some of the details I might have disagreed with you on uh, in what our conversation was back then. Um, but I I think as I think as far as, you know, Lutherans understand that faith, even faith, is something that's a gift from God, I think that would be consistent with what you just expressed here. Um, at the same time, you know, we can cast all our cares on Christ because he cares for us and and there's no things too small. And it just reminds me of, I, I feel really connected to the model of, of Nehemiah, the prophet, and how he prayed and worked all the time, the Benedictine tradition, prayer and work. So for me, having a book in front of me is not really the nece you know, necessary thing. I think it's an ongoing conversation, um, and, and that does require listening, too. It's not just talking. Um, I would think, Father Adam, your, your prayer life would be more geared towards the liturgy, right? Is that a fair assessment? Don't pray in the Orthodox <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he believes in God. I'm sorry, Father <laughs> Well, I, I think that uh, if you approach uh, life, um, and I don't even mean like uh, the high points, I mean the minutia um, as liturgical. Yeah. Um, then every moment is dedicated to prayer. If you're doing it right now, right. That, that I can swear to you up and down, I'm not doing it right. But if you have the sensibilities to approach every moment in a liturgical fashion, it is liturgy. It isn't you know, necessarily uh, ex expressed within the confines of, of liturgical worship uh, right. as we would do on Sunday. But if we're doing anything properly or fully, we're doing it liturgically. If we are uh, predicating every, every step we take, every breath we take, every word we say, every thought we, we nurture and curate, I was waiting for somebody. I'm sorry, to I couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> ring a ding ding. <laughs> and, and the police. Yeah, the police. <laughs> Father Off, Sexy Lane. Officer Sexy Lane. <laughs> which is, is trans, trans, transubstantiated to uh, <laughs> Father Sexy Lane. Everything is predicated on, on liturgical expression. And if we're doing that properly, then having that in our mind, which is difficult sometimes if you're not in the discipline of that, um, then yeah, every bit of uh, prayer or or uh, interacting, participating in Christ is liturgical. Yeah, and and sweet baby Nick's a lot of folks we uh, father Father Nick alluded to his musical gifts, but he's worked in different um, church communities as a music musician and whatnot and um recently had a, a been part of a new cd project which i thought was wonderful on uh was it psalm 109 sweet baby nick yeah the song that that we wrote um my wife and i um wrote and recorded um was on psalm 109 but the whole project was on psalms 107 through 112 
And so music's an important expression. I, one of the funny things that happened one time, and I forget is if that was our topic for the podcast or not, but we were talking about music, remember, in the church. And you mentioned about how you heard some Orthodox music and how much you hated it or something like that. Uh, it's not that I hated it. It's just that it was so sad. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. just kind of, you sit there and and it's not something that's uplifting. It's It can sound beautiful. It's always full of, oh, see, I yeah, see, I would say it's uplifting, but it's in a sad way. <laughs> it sounds sad. Yeah, it's it's just I listen to it and I'm like, this is so depressing. And like, I don't want to go out and take on the world after. I just kind of want to sit there and do this for a while. Don't just do something. Stand there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and say, here I stand. Here I, stand. I can do no other. Yeah, yeah. You see, um, but there was there is a great I highly recommend anybody to uh, to check out um, uh, like YouTube compilations of Orthodox chants. There's a great one that's uh, one hour of Chad Orthodox chants to redeem your soul. Um, <laughs> that's a great one uh, it, because it's it honestly it starts off with like the lowest note I've ever heard in a choir. Uh, those those big Russian voices, they're uh, they're fantastic. You said Chad. Yeah, Chad Orthodox. Chad is just how do how do you describe? How do you it's describe? It's like a that? positive thing for for a man. Like uh, they'll they'll make jokes like the the Chad something versus the the Virgin whatever, and it's supposed to be like the Chad is cool and who you want to be like, and the and the Virgin is kind of like he's supposed to be lame and wimpy or whatever. But it's almost like become a parody of itself. Is, in a way where sometimes it, it really has they'll it's like, flip you know, it and it'll be like I think you know the chat will just be something that's objectively terrible but in other cases it'll just be something more wholesome like there's a couple different like chad christian memes where it's just like the chad orthodox christian and, and it talks about like him listening to music or him helping out at church or donating to his community you know positive stuff so are these the dudes with like the yellow beards and the? Yeah, the, yeah, it's like the Chad. This. Chad yeah. yeah, yeah. I just heard of that last week from my millennial uh, dudes at church, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> you got the Giga Chad with like the the very chiseled jawline, where it's like this is the perfect embodiment of what it means to be a man, you know? Like the and then you've got like so the Chad Orthodox guy is like, yeah, I am Orthodox. I'm, I'm confident in yeah. that. This is what it's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit unaware of himself. But I literally just had a conversation about. uh I had to confess to there's a thread with about four of my new proselytes or whatever and, and newly chrismated fellows and they're all mid to late twenties and obviously are able to interpret memes better than I. And so I put the gray faced dude, which is apparently an NPC, but I had to ask what that was too. And, um, and also the little um, green froggy faced guy. Uh, okay. And the, oh my gosh, Pippin the, the Frog. What? No, the green froggy faced. Uh, yeah, what? Pepe the Frog. Yeah, that's Pepe. Hey, whatever the hell that means. And <laughs> and Chad and Wojak, I was like, I don't know anything about um, what these mean. And and I see see um, memes all the time. I'm like, well, okay, there's context, so I can almost laugh. But I, I feel like I'm cheating. <laughs> that's 
that's hilarious listening to you try to interpret meme culture. Well, well, Sarah, thank you for having us. Appreciate you hosting us. And absolutely, thank you for being my guest. It's been awesome talking with y'all. <laughs>